Hello and welcome to the Helix and Gene Wellness Podcast. Today is episode 32 and we have for you Kimia Arunian, founder of the wildly popular Instagram page Labels Matter. That's at labels underscore matter. Labels Matter has close to 100,000 followers on Instagram and for very good reason. Reading the labels of the ingredients and products that we buy is very difficult. Kimia explains that and goes deep into that with Helix and Gene co-founders Sam Baluch and Dr. Daniel Benny Levy on today's podcast. So listen closely. This is an important one. And we'll check in with you after the episode. So without further ado, here is Dr. Dan, Sam, and Kimia, founder of Labels Matter. Hello and welcome to this episode of Helix and Gene Podcast. Today, uh, I'm very, very delighted that my partner in crime, uh, my business partner, Dr. Daniel Benelivi, is joining us. And we have a very, very special guest, um, Kimia Arunian, who is the founder of Labels Matter, joining us today. Um, hi, Kimia. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi. So nice to be with you guys today. Um I'm, uh, this is one of the first podcasts I'm doing, but thank you for having me. We are very delighted to have you and talk to you about all the awesome things that you're doing. You know, Dr. Danny and I uh, look at the health industry and the wellness industry um, under a very tight microscope all the time. So when we see people like yourself that are actually spreading such wonderful knowledge and information to people into understanding their health better, it's so good to have you on board and talk to you a little bit about this. Um, Kimia, before we get into all of that, give us a little background, our listeners, as to who you are, what's your background, how did you get here, what's the story, how did you start this whole thing? Um, so I um, I went to YU, I don't know if you know, it's in Manhattan, I uh, studied biology, uh, then I went to Downstate University and I did, um, I became uh, an ultrasound technician. Um, and I usually do pediatric echocardiography where I look at babies' hearts or um, sometimes I look at adult hearts, but I've always been very fascinated with the body and the way that the body works. Um, even though I didn't go to medical school, uh, I did a lot of reading and trying to understand um, medicine on my own. Um, but the reason why I started the page was actually because I was, I, I, I told Dr. Danny this before, I think, um, I was having my own issues of, I couldn't breathe well. And um, every time I would go to the doctor's office, the only thing without asking me why it's happening or how it's happening, what the root cause is, the doctor would always just quickly prescribe me uh, steroids. Um, and then little by little, I started to realize that every time there's an issue and I go to the doctor's office, um, instead of the doctor really getting to the root cause of the issue, it was there was always usually like a Band-Aid put on it. Sometimes it works, which is great. Um, but it feels really, you're, you feel like you're being heard when you're able to go and see a doctor and he'll you know, sit down and try to work with you and find out what it is that the problem is and why you're going through something like that to be able to get to the cause of it and then to try and fix it instead of just putting a quick bandaid on it, which sometimes definitely do work, you know. So doc, so doc, explain to us uh, what she's talking about. Why do some of you doctors just put a bandaid on things and not look at the root cause? <laughs> and what made Dr. Benelivi so, you know, I mean, I know what makes him so special. I'm with him every day <laughs> about his way of thinking. 
But, you know, uh, Doc, elaborate a little bit, please. I think that there are so many variables now in society, in our agriculture, in the chemicals that we're exposed to, that it's basically a tsunami of information and was, as, I said, as I said, variables to go through to try to sort things out. And unfortunately, there's not enough time, I would say, in medical school and in training to even investigate these things or learn about these things. And most of them haven't even been investigated. And the ones that have been investigated have been investigated by themselves, not in combination with other variables. So it's become, as they say, I don't mean to use a cliche, but the waters have become so muddied that even the smartest doctor can't pinpoint it because there's so many different triggers in society right now that can cause inflammation. And in your case, you had difficulty breathing and other people it could be other forms of inflammation, but it's, it's become so complicated that it's almost impossible to sort out unless you have somebody who's gonna sit there and give you the time that you need, which is also not very practical in today's day with insurances and the limitations that we have with time and, and resources. So Kimia, what made Dr. Benelivi, you know, what made you look when you went to him and talked to him about stuff like this to realize that like he's the doctor that, you know, you're going to have this type of conversation with? Well, um, I think anybody who knows me knows that I have great mm -hmm. respect for Dr. Benelivi. Um, if I'm there, there's so many different things that I speak to him about, but I feel like he's very in line with um, Western medicine and, you know, to be able to use like a functional type based medicine also. And he's able to marry the two together because obviously you need Western medicine. It's come a long way. There's so many different types of, you know, um, things that we need from that. Um, but he's able to also look at a person and look at the root cause. Like my friend there, I always tell him about the antibiotics. Like he, many doctors are quick to quickly uh, prescribe antibiotics if there's uh, any kind of infection, whether it's a viral infection or um, a bacterial infection. And he know he, I've been to many doctors before, and even if like it's a virus, they'll quickly say, you know, why don't you try out like uh, antibiotics? And he's very careful with the things that like he prescribes and he's able to, you know, do what it is that I want for my children. Yeah. I mean, I think we all, what, what, by the way, for our listeners, what we all have in common here is Dr. Ben and Levy, uh, is uh he's the pediatrician for all of our kids <laughs> that's how we that's how we've all met <laughs> so it's uh it's it's really cool and and, and you know people that are like-minded in this world always you know go to dr dan or people like him that you know can think outside of the traditional box a little bit so you know thinking speaking of thinking outside the traditional box so uh, Kimia, how did you come about um, starting this uh, Instagram handle, Labels Matter, and, and where did that all spawn from? Give us the give us um, the story there. Okay, um, Labels Matter was just a small little hobby. I mean, um, I always liked looking at ingredients. I was always fascinated by food. Um, I started to become also very interested in the things that 
uh, affect us when you put things on your body. I was I was saying when I couldn't breathe, there was a lot of allergies that I was having. And I never realized that the things that you even put on top of your body, like the shampoo that I'm using or the um, lotions that I'm using from shaving cream, like there's a million different things that you use during the day. I had no idea that those things could affect me. Uh, first, when I realized it's like allergies, I have allergies to so many different things and I didn't realize that and then you slowly when you keep delving deeper you realize that um, there's a lot of different chemicals that can be absorbed into the body there's a lot of chemicals that aren't regulated um, you just you find out exactly like what the government has a lot you know to do with like regulations and um, in this country there's a lot of things that aren't regulated and the, it's basically on the consumer themselves to be able to figure out if something is um, safe or even if it's the right product for them because one thing that's right for me might not be right for somebody else um, as an example i could use essential oils there's a lot of different essential oils that i'm very allergic to even though they are safe uh, if, pure essential oils are safe. But for somebody else that has allergies to them or develops a really bad skin rash, it's not right for them. So um, the page is just uh, to be able to speak about all the different things that um, go into and on your body, uh, foods, products, the air we breathe, uh, the water we drink, there's a lot that goes into making, you know, like having somebody who is more um, healthy, you could say. Um, so that's where it was put started. And so health is a very broad spectrum, right? <clears throat> what I love about what you do with that page is you, you educate, right? There's the, the, you know, um, I know for instance, myself or my wife, when we, you know, go to the supermarket, you know, we're very big given what we do for a living, reading things and understanding what's in it and what's not. And what I love is how you've navigated um, a, a, a real cool way to tell a story in a sense through your pictures and through your explanations about teaching people uh, simple things that they can do on a daily basis that long term will render incredible results for their health. You know? Um, so what was like the first post? How did you like, you know, how did you all of a sudden or how did it get big? How, where was like, give us a little bit of background there. Um, so I think the first post was something about peanut butter, actually, um, where I looked at two different peanut butters. One just had peanuts and sea salt. And then the other one had um, different hydrogenated oils. It had preservatives. It had... Um, artificial dyes, artificial flavors. And I, it's not necessarily that they're not safe or that you're going to get sick or that anything's going to happen to you. It's just there's sometimes a, a better alternative where there's not much added to it. And I feel like we have to go back to this way of eating and living of not necessarily needing more um, and having more, you know, obviously fruits and vegetables, but being able to find um, find products that don't really need the extra that we've been putting inside of it. Um, that's that was my I remember that was my first post. And then it just I started to read more labels and more products and uh, find out like what's healthier, what's not healthier, what's safe, what's not safe. And it just grew organically by itself actually 
So Dr. Dan, I know you and Kimmy have known each other for a while and, and you've kind of seen this whole uh, inception of, of this come about and you always talk about, you know, what she does and, and then how cool this is. So what was uh, what was your take when you first started seeing her do this kind of stuff? Because I know you absolutely love these things and you love educating people on this. You do it with us here at Helix and Gene all day long. <laughs> No, I, I absolutely love it. And the first time I saw it, what I liked most about it was that it's in, it's in, it's simplicity, where she just had like green check marks on the items that she liked and red X's on the items that she didn't like. I was like, this is genius. It can't get more simple than this. You know, it's, 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 you know, as you make things simpler, people understand better and it improves compliance. When you make it too complicated, like we do as physicians sometimes, a lot of times patients go home and they're like, I don't, I couldn't even, I don't even understand what he's told me, but we make it dummy proof with all due respect. Green check, red X, that simple. And what she said, there's something she said that I want to kind of jump on. She said, these ingredients aren't necessarily unhealthy or dangerous, but I want to look at it from a different perspective. If these ingredients are making you sick or they're contributing to weight gain, then they are unhealthy and they are dangerous. Right. But it's such a slow process that you don't feel it right away. It just accumulates over time. So if you eliminate a particular ingredient from a food, like let's say the hydrogenated oils or the high fructose corn syrup, and you see an improvement in your health, well, guess what was causing the deterioration of your health? So they are dangerous and they are unhealthy. However, in, in, in many circles, it's a little uh, politically incorrect to come and declare that because there's no scientific evidence or study that can back your, your claim. It's just anecdotal. So let's let's quickly talk a, a little bit about uh, high fructose corn syrup, right? A very simple thing that's pretty much in everything that you can pick up from the from the supermarket, right? Um, and and you know I know there's a lot of moms that are going to be listening to this, and and you know it's interesting uh, when you talk about high fructose corn, corn syrup, and when you eliminate it, a you realize how difficult it is to eliminate from a lot of the things that you're you're you're, you're utilizing or eating to begin with. Um, um, but can you uh, break down a little bit, Danny, for us about that high fructose corn syrup? Um, and then, Kimmy, if you can comment on what you learned from understanding which products do not contain that and how much better they can be for you. So high fructose corn syrup is actually an artificial sugar. It's not a naturally occurring sugar. It's a lab-made sweetener. Um, your body has to detoxify it doesn't have the appropriate enzymes. Like for example, if you were to eat glucose or fructose, you have amylase and other enzymes that can break those down. But high fructose corn syrup has to be broken down in the liver as if it's a toxin. The reason why it's used is because A, it's cheap to produce, and B, it's a very, very, very strong sugar. So less amount of it can give you the desired effect that you want in your food. So you can make something sweeter with less amount at a lower cost. So it's a very potent sweetener that happens to wreak havoc in your body as well. The sweeter something is, then the more consequences it has in your body. Now, if we add the component that it's actually a chemical 
not really natural, then it's a double whammy. It's basically a sugar on high octane. Yeah. Very yeah. high octane. Yeah. And some studies show that it's, a, it's, a, it's as addictive as, as cocaine, unfortunately. So when kids eat it, they just want more and more and more and more of it. And it's in breads, it's in ketchup, it's in cereals, it's in candy, it's, in, it's, in, it's, in, it's even in some peanut butters. And it's in there by design, it's not in there by mistake. It's a very addictive sugar that, that, that baby children crave. Now, Kimia, in your search of, 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 you know, finding good labels when it comes to food, would you say that that's one of the top things you look for and, and that you try to make sure that it's not included inside of any of the products that you use? Um, I have a little bit of a difficult time. Um, I, I don't like categorizing it as something toxic and cancerous and like cocaine i i think there's like very different types of people so there's a type of people that for example in general eat a healthier life like have a healthier lifestyle where they're eating um, fruits and vegetables and then from time to time you know they'll have a coke on the side or they'll have ketchup with high fructose high fructose corn syrup and i, I truly don't believe that that is an issue I don't think somebody like that is going to get cancer and get sick because of the high fructose corn syrup. And I don't like the idea of making people uh, scared of food. Um, so that's one way to, that's like, that's one aspect of looking at it. But if you're trying to eat a cleaner life, you know, cleaner like food groups and stuff like that, High fructose corn syrup tends to be in foods that aren't so healthful. So um, it's not like you're going to have kale trip kale chips with high fructose corn syrup or um, any food snacks or any foods that are on the healthier side. You're not going to find high fructose corn syrup in them because that's not where it's usually going to be in. So the reason why I have a problem with high fructose corn syrup is because it's going to be in unhealthy food snacks and in unhealthy foods. And if you're constantly, you know, eating those types of foods, that's where you're going to find the ingredient in there. Um, so it's not specifically the ingredient that I have a problem with. It's just that that's where you will usually almost always find it and things that just aren't nutritious for you. They don't have any vitamins. They don't have any minerals. They're empty calories and they're not really doing anything for your body, uh, especially with younger kids who I know a lot of moms have a difficult time being able to uh, feed because like they're picky eaters. Um, those are usually the types of foods you're going to find them in. And unfortunately, they're not getting the right nutrients. So the reason why I say look for high fructose corn syrup and try to cut that out, it's because the food that it's going to be in, it usually has nothing for you. It's doing nothing for you or your children. Let's let's jump on a subject you just brought up, kids and picky eaters, right? Because, you know, you're a mom and you pay attention to that. And Danny, this is something I'm sure you hear all day long in the office, right? It's something that I hear all the time, you know, when people come into our wellness center. 
So is is do you guys find that kids that are picky eaters, uh, sort of say, is that more of a behavioral thing? Do you think it's more of a environmental thing? It's more of a genetic thing? Um, because I know I can tell you guys with my own two kids and my wife and I, right? Like the second we see like our kids behavior shift a little bit towards um that uh, you know foods that are not so good maybe they're having a little access of something instead of having a you know making a big deal out of it we just slowly start to replace them again back out of the rotation of the household and all of a sudden they're back to eating <laughs> all the regular things because it's just there. And if they ask for something, well, it's not here. So, you know, we, we can't have it, but we have this. And, and I've learned that over time, even some of the pickier eaters as kids will learn to shift that behavior if the parents are committed and willing. What's your take on that? I agree with you 100%, Sam. If it's in the house, if it's within reach, if it's within sight, then why why pick an, a carrot when you could have a delicious unhealthy potato chip, right? I, I mean, I'll admit it that they're they're good. They taste good. Yeah. They're designed to they're designed to taste good. Yeah. But why would why would an innocent child pick something that's healthy that doesn't taste so good at that moment over something that they know is going to give them a nice little sugar rush? with all different uh, fancy flavors that are mixed in. So if it's within reach and if they see it, then it's part of their go-to things. Like it's within, it's in, it's in their world. But if you take it out of their world, hopefully, eventually, they come out of that quote-unquote picky eating phase because their palate changes. The problem is when these things are introduced very early. Um, yeah. You can kind of control the first child but after two or three kids, the older kids bring it home and they expose it to the little one. So it's 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 like standing in front of a fire hydrant and trying to dry yourself up with a face towel. It's just it's all over the place. So I don't blame parents. Obviously, you know I'm, I'm I don't judge. Yeah. But but it's such a struggle, and it's such a commitment for parents to keep a healthy home because of all the environmental outside influences as you said is there anything genetic to it or, or hereditary hereditary i don't know but definitely environmental and behavioral but behavioral is a function of the environment as well they go hand in hand that's right correct and then the parents give in and i don't blame them you know you have a child who's not very cooperative and you have a parent that doesn't like to be too tough they give in they offer him a lollipop they offer him a snack or her but as Kimmy has said, and as I've mentioned before, there are alternatives within the lollipop world, within the snack world, yeah. that are healthier. Even, you know, they, they use different oils, they use different sweeteners, the, the grains are from different sources, the coloring is different, and it looks and tastes exactly the same. So it's just a very simple looking at the label, because labels do matter, a simple look at the label can can change the course or the effect of what that food has on the child's body and mind and the taste could be almost identical so it's so relevant to learn about these labels and it's it's really exciting and that's why i'm so happy that that Kimia does this because it's such a simple way of of teaching this to to parents and 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 for people for themselves as well 
Kimia, can I ask you if you to give us a, a quick example, let's say, of a, you know, of, of a product that, you know, has um, both sides of the story, right? And, and how do you differentiate between those ingredients? Like, you know, whether you pick the product or we can say peanut butter or any any one product that, you know, it's the same thing, yet when you're looking at two different companies and two different ingredients that make it, it's literally, it's like two different foods. <laughs> they just taste the same. Right. Um, can I just really quickly uh, expand on what Dr. Benalivi was saying? Yeah, um, please. As a society, we've been made to believe that kids will only eat pizza, chicken nuggets, french fries, and those are the only foods that they'll like. So, as parents, we we want to make sure that they're going to be able to like get, you know, food, especially with our background and culture also. So we just keep saying, okay, um, if they're not going to eat this, let's just get French fries. Let's just get the pasta. Let's just get chicken nuggets. Maybe they'll eat that. I think we get scared to in a second, he wouldn't want something or he didn't want a certain food. I would quickly go for the chicken nuggets, the French fries and pizza because like that's what he would eat. Um, but I didn't understand that it's okay to introduce foods that aren't so uh, like, you know, foods that are a little bit more uh, higher quality. It wasn't a big deal to introduce fish. It wasn't, an, it wasn't a big deal to introduce, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and onions in a salad. Kids will eat that. If you introduce those types of foods a couple of times, um, they will eat that. So with my other ones, I became a little bit smarter and I was more comfortable uh, letting them have foods that I didn't think a child would like, but they like it and they get used to it and, you know, they um, end up enjoying it and they end up like, like, I was scared to give my kids eggplants, not scared. Maybe that's, that's not the right word to use, but you just don't think that they're going to eat it. Um, and what I would say is at a young age, get your children uh, more acclimated to healthier foods and the other stuff won't matter as much. So like if they're having a piece of fish with a little bit of ketchup, it won't be a big deal, even though the ketchup has like high fructose corn syrup. If they're having like a good piece of fish, um, those types of things aren't such a big deal anymore. And they're able to have that as part of a healthy diet. Um, I remember Daniel was one of the, Dr. Daniel was one of the first people who talked about, you know, use olive oil, use avocado oil, just, just to change an oil with the way that you cook. For example, don't use canola oil. Um, don't use grapeseed oil. Like you could just sw swap out your oils when you're cooking for your kids or for your family. It does make a little bit of a difference just in taste, just in, um, just in quality and just in nutrients. So um, that's the only advice I would give to parents is to start young and not to be dissuaded if they don't want it. They will eventually like it. They'll eat it. My kid eats anchovies. It, sh it shocks people, but it's because I it's it, she's no different than everybody else. It's just that I introduced it when she was a lot younger and now like she eats that stuff. I, 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 I love what you guys are saying. You know, uh, one of the Another tactic and tool that, you know, parents can use that, that we use is, you know, like my son is an athlete and he takes his performance very seriously. So we have a list of foods that will make you faster, that'll make you stronger, that'll make you smarter. 
And we have a list of foods that will slow you down, that will not allow you to accomplish your goals. And when he looks at it from that psychological point of view, his confidence in this decision-making ability towards the food because he has a purpose and a goal behind it seems to also teach him how to make better decisions on his own. So starting to kind of just get that behavior shift going as well. So that's something that I've also noticed, um, you know, really, really helps uh, just as a tip because it becomes very useful from an association standpoint to, to let them think about something they actually enjoy. Right. Um, another really important thing that I just wanted to touch up on is um, with the page, I want people to look at the bigger picture. Um, so the things that you use every single day or the things that you use most often, for example, filtered water is extremely important. The air that you're breathing is extremely important. Um, if there's a certain lotion or a certain shampoo that you're using every single day, that's important. I don't want people to get caught up in like the really small, tiny things that could, that don't really make the difference, but the bigger picture of the things that you're doing every single day to be able to, like if you're having high fructose corn syrup every day, then that's an issue. That's something that you need to be able to like cut out. Um, but to look at the bigger things that you're doing on a daily basis that your kids are doing on a daily basis. Um, so that's also another really important point I just wanted to get across uh, specifically with my page. And I, I, I say this all the time, look for the bigger things because that's where it's going to make a difference. It's, it's the preventative stuff by being able to create almost like a you know, a, a, a plethora of products that you can use together that will give you good results and a good atmosphere, whether it's skincare, uh, whether it's lotions, oils, foods, you know, I mean, I, I cured my allergies by realizing um, an allergist who on Long Island, an excellent allergist, a friend of mine, recommended to me. I used to break out on my skin all the time. He said, stop using everything and use Eucerin, right? So like the thick one. So I started using Eucerin every single time I come out of the shower every day, you know, head to toe. And I had trouble with some allergy and some breathing. So we tested my histamine levels. They were up. So I started an antihistamine in Claritin every single day with a vasodilator of 100 milligrams of caffeine in the morning. And the past five years, I have not had any allergies, any breakouts on my skin. And this was a combination of a... Uh, of a bunch of different components that, you know, um, are really simple <laughs> when you break it down, right. um, that, that, that really helped me. I mean, I had, I would break out in hives all the time if it was a little hot, little cold, um, and, uh, that's gone. So right. those little things, like you said, done daily and not focusing so much on what not to do, <laughs> um, I think is a really, really right. good advice. Another example is when somebody comes with uh, a bottle of probiotics and eats garbage from morning till night, and nothing sustainable, nothing healthy, nothing wholesome. And they take a really good probiotic and they get excited. And I have to be able to explain to them that this will do nothing for you. These are just, you know, empty pills that are doing nothing. You have to be able to have a lifestyle, which uh, you could make mistakes from not mistakes, but you can uh, indulge a little bit in the things that aren't so healthy from time to time. But in general, it's a lifestyle where 
you have to be able to be mindful about the things that um, you're eating and that you're using. So the problem, sorry, I'm interjecting here. The problem is the language. When you say mindful, not everybody understands what that means, nor do they have the resources. So that's the biggest obstacle for most people. Like when I have conversations with adults and parents, and I just say some basic things that just roll off my tongue, and for them, it's like, oh my God, I, I can't, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Really, there's a difference between natural and the regular kind. There's a, what do you mean there's a difference between uh, GMO weed and non-GMO? What is that, what, what is GMO? So many times, I mean, for me, I get it, I understand what these things stand for, but for most people, it might even be intimidating. Like a genetically modified organism, I'm sure, to somebody who's not in the medical field, sounds horrific. You know, the word sounds scary. So it's our responsibility to make it simple, dumb it down a little bit, and use more layman terms. And and as I said, I love the check marks, I love the X's. That's that's that's, that's genius. It's absolutely genius. I try to implement that in my practice, but it's just very refreshing to see your page. But that's what it all boils down to. It's being mindful. The problem is mindful of what? If you don't have the language, if you don't have the tools, if you don't know the words, if you don't have the jargon, then it's it's impossible. You need somebody to hold your hand to do it. Right. But um, what, once you do actually uh, dig deeper into a lot of the different foods that we eat, I'll use salmon, for example, you really do learn that it's very complicated. Um, even the um, the organic, non-toxic world isn't always as true or honest as we would like them to be. Like, for Absolutely. example, salmon, whether you're talking about wild, whether you're talking about organic, whether you're talking about farm-raised, it gets very complicated and different certificates mean different things. And um, uh, different farms mean different things. So I completely understand where someone could get a little bit lost in all of the different types of um, marketing. Um, so it's not exactly very easy to navigate all of that stuff. Um, that's why the check mark sometimes it's like, okay, there is a little bit of a better product. You can't always find the best and you shouldn't expect people to find the best of the best. They do get very expensive. Um, they do sometimes mean nothing and you're just spending your money on nothing. Um, so you really do have to do your homework and be able to find out like, is this something a little bit better? Is this something, you know, um, that I could do that I could live a more healthy lifestyle? Yeah. And, and, and going back to the, the expensive conversation, you know, this is something that uh, we try to teach and I try to teach clients all the time is that high quality calorie dense nutritious foods you need so much less consumption of it so in turn if you're if you you if you really check the budget and you watch your portions um and you understand that the quality intake that you need is so much less of the higher quality stuff you know, that really does not make much of a shift in the cost factor at the end of the day when you break it up. Um, you know, people always ask me, how many calories a day do you eat? I mean, I don't count it, but it's no more than 14 to 1500 calories a day, you know, and, and there's just high quality, nutritious foods. And, you know, that is 
from an expense point of view, that's something that is really not that expensive when you break it down relative to if I were to just go buy whatever and eat it, it really would come out to the same if I'm doubling my calorie consumption of empty calories. Right. When you're talking about whole foods, I think that's <clears throat> true. Uh, when you go to the aisle with all the fruits and the vegetables and um, the, like you said, the um, nutrient dense foods, yes. Um, but I do think it is sometimes a little bit more expensive to be able to find something that needs so many different certifications that people are looking for yes. now, where I have a little bit of the issue with, for example, the organic label. Um, now that's being put on so many different products and people think that it's like a, a healthier alternative just because it doesn't have a genetically modified uh, uh, organism in it. Um, not just that, a lot of different reasons, but it's basically like the same product. Maybe they took out one or two more ingredients and they were able to put the organic label on it. So sometimes I do have a little bit of an issue with certificates because it does make things a lot more expensive. But unfortunately, that's what the consumer is being made to think that that's what's important. Instead of looking at the ingredients and exactly what's in it, what's healthy, what's wholesome and what has nutrients inside. So definitely about whole foods, I agree with you. Um, but when this whole advertising part about being able to be more healthy, so it's more expensive, it's just, it's, it's not true. Yeah. It, it, so you, you know, you said, uh, you know, you said something right now that that's very key. You talked about the, the qualifications to, for organic, right. And the, the terminology that's utilized, you know, I can't tell you how many times I hear, Oh, this is vegan. Oh, it's gluten-free. This is good for you. And uh, you just, <laughs> you know, that must drive you nuts, right? Like, how do you respond? The vegan, a lot of the, the vegan movement, it in itself is such an incredible um, movement where you're trying to stay away from a lot of different things. But unfortunately, it's been hijacked by so many different like synthetic uh, ingredients and isolates and pea proteins and extractions that the food is not even real anymore. Um, so when someone thinks that they're eating a vegan diet and a vegan product, but turn it around, I don't think you'll recognize any of the ingredients. Not to say that it's not safe, um, but is it really doing anything for you? Is it, you know, helping your body? Is it something that's um, uh, nutrient dense? Is it something that's helpful? Most of the products that I would say no. So... Kimia, give us a little uh, insight as to what's your nutrition and exercise program like, you know, people, you know, I'm sure want to know, like, what, like, how does a day in your life look like in those terms, in terms of what you're eating, how you're eating, um, how you're exercising and training, like, you know, that portion of your life, how does that look? Um, I'll be honest, I have to work on myself in a lot of uh, different ways. Um, so with food, I tend to eat a very well-balanced diet. I like fruits and vegetables. I love salads. These are the types of foods that uh, if I'm in a store, I don't mind uh, going towards those types of foods. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, 
do I enjoy pizza from time to time? I love pizza. It's my favorite food. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I don't mind having arugula on it, putting different mushrooms on it, putting onions on it, different types of toppings. Um, do I like a burger? I love burgers. I like real burgers. I don't want a plant-based burger. I don't think those have anything in them that, um, that are um, nutritional. Um, but in general, I do eat a healthy lifestyle. I just want to pinpoint something else that's also really, really important is obviously your mental state. So if all of this stuff is making you feel very, and I say this a lot to my followers, if they get nervous or scared about any of the stuff that I'm saying, or it gets them overwhelmed, that's really not the message of any of the posts or any of the stories, um, you can't, it, that's a toxic toxin in itself um, to be worried and to be nervous or to be anxious about something. It's so much worse than what you're eating or what you're putting inside of your body. So it has to all be done in a flow, easy, um, happy kind of way, I guess. You know, you can't feel scared to be eating a certain way. That's fabulous. I love that. Um, you know, we can sit here and, and talk all day long about, you know, this, this topic and all the different topics. Um, but, you know, we, I, I really want to get your uh, take on this whole new phase of, you know, I, I'm paying attention to the food industry and the packaged food industry. And there is a lot of incredible companies now that are coming right. out with fantastic stuff that really are great ingredients. Um, and, and what's your take on that wave over the next three to five years as people like yourself, as companies like Helix and Gene, like Danny and I do educate people as, you know, one of the most, one of the, one of the best ways we figured out how to help people is through our food sensitivity test where you see, you know, where is the inflammation exactly coming from inside your body? You get a list of it and you come up with a plan as to how to maneuver and taking things out in this world of technology and new uh, food companies that are coming out. Um, where do you see this going over the next like three to five years? Uh, I, I, I'm very optimistic about the whole situation, actually. I think it's heading in a good direction. Um, I think it's going in a very good direction also. There's a lot of different tools, like you said, and a lot of different new technology that's um, actually able to find the root cause, which is exactly what you guys are doing. Um, like I said, just because tomatoes are good for me, tomatoes might be good for somebody else. So to be able to have this type of tool um, and a lot of other things that people are coming up with to be able to get to the root cause of why someone is suffering um, uh, in a certain way, I think is exactly where we should be uh, going. And I think it's amazing that you guys have um, this knowledge and the different... Um, utilities to be able to help people yeah you know like you said the knowledge is one thing for us it was and i know danny and i work so hard on this it's the application and the process and the tools taught to the individual as to how to how to actually make it useful for them in their life you know that that is the gold in any program um <clears throat> so 
Kimia, if somebody is looking to learn more about what you do, um, everything is going to be in the show notes, guys, uh, down below, and, and, and we'll have everything stated there. But uh, give us a little plug about your handle. Um, if someone has questions, how they can get in touch with you. Um, okay. Uh, so it's called Labels Matter on Instagram. Um, I truly, truly want it to be as authentic and as organic as possible. Um, so I don't have multiple pages. I don't have websites. I don't have um, uh, different handles or Facebook for it. I really want it to come out, come off um, exactly the way um, I, I want it to. So it's labels matter on Instagram. If you want, just DM me. On, on there and just follow the stories fabulous we love it and and what you just said and completed with i think is what really drives people like danny and myself to you and your page it's the authenticity it's the raw aspect of you know really just educating uh the the consumer and really not wanting anything in return for it and i love that because the education process is really what's missing and the more moms that follow you and also follow into your footsteps in possibly learning how to educate their circle of friends. I think that's really, I always say, you know, it's, it's, it's the moms that run the show in a sense, you know, and, and if we can start to get that group to really pay better attention to their, to themselves, their, their, their spouses, their children's um, mental and physical health through nutrition, exercise, and just a whole wellness program. I think that's where we really collectively win as a society. Dr. Danny, yeah. I was saying I completely agree with you. And that's one of the things that really drew me um, to Dr. Danny because these are the things that he spoke about. And I never had a doctor that was able to talk about. I've never been to a doctor where the doctor talks about food. Um, I used to work at a place myself and somebody very overweight, a, a child, very, very overweight came in and I don't think even one time the doctor brought up nutrition or being able to eat a healthier lifestyle or losing weight. Um, and I think you get a lot more when you go to Dr. Uh, Dr. Danny. He's able to really talk about the stuff that matters and find the root cause of the problem. Yeah, this show is about you, TBS. Yeah, it's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 she, but, but she, I appreciate it. I appreciate she, it. She's right, Danny. You know, and 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 that's you know that's why we all love you and we all bring our thank you, thank you, and and high functioning, health conscious individuals tend to gravitate towards you, or if they're in other states, towards other physicians that are like you. You know, so look, um, you you improve a child's nutrition. Not only are you improving their physical health, you're also improving their mental health their focus, their concentration, it reflects on their grades, and that then reflects on their self-esteem. So it's a nice positive feedback mechanism. And it starts with just changing a few ingredients. And and once, I think that the turning point in my practice is when kids are aware of their attention spans and they become more aware of their bodies, it's when they'll listen to me. But prior to that, they're not going to listen to me. They listen to their parents, right. you know. So, so if the parents could just make a few changes, 
it starts a very healthy, positive cycle that affects a lot of components in the child's development and, and sense of self as well. Absolutely. As opposed to the opposite, if they're eating poorly, if they're sleeping poorly, if they're not getting the right nutrition, they're not focusing in class, they're not doing well in sports, and their self-esteem goes down, which causes a negative cycle. So it makes such a big difference if you get to the core of the problem and just change things up a little bit. And it, it, it may be difficult at first, but it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy. It's very easy to make these changes. I, I, I agree. And, and to sum up the show, this is a great way to close it off. And really, I just want to thank you, Kimia, so much for coming on and, and really continuing to help educate uh, people and, and parents in, in for themselves and in turn their children in life, really understanding how to be able to make better choices uh, themselves. Uh, so thank you so much for, for coming on. I, I would love to do this again as a 2.0 soon with all of us and discuss more matters. Um, and uh, yeah, so Danny, any closing uh, thoughts you have before we? No, I just want to thank Kimia. Uh, thank you for for joining us. It was an honor. You know, I love following your page, but even yeah. more so, I love I love the conversations we have in our office. Kimmy and I get into some philosophical deep stuff, and uh, <laughs> and it's a very healthy exercise, and we both learn when we come out of the room. Right, and Larry David. <laughs> Larry David. Nothing, nothing, I really thank you. <laughs> Our pleasure, our pleasure. It was so nice having you on and uh, look forward to seeing a lot more of you on Labels Matter. So on this episode, we, we, uh, we're going to close it off now. Thanks, Kimia, for coming on board and uh, looking forward to seeing your growth moving forward with us as well. I appreciate that. Thank right. you for having Thank me. You. All right, there you have it. That was Dan, Dr. Dan, Sam, and Kimia from At Labels Matter. I've been telling... Everyone I coach, everyone I talk to about nutrition for years, my personal number one food rule is read the ingredients. And so I am very much aligned with what Kimmy is doing at labels underscore matter. Super important. She's really leading the charge here for a very, very confusing topic. It is not easy to walk into a supermarket or a grocery store and understand what you're seeing on those labels. If you check out her Instagram page, you're going to see it, it's really one of the best free resources out there on the internet, especially if you have young children. She takes you through stores like Costco and Trader Joe's and sunscreen and, and oat milk and almond milk and, and ingredients of things that are just super confusing and makes them really simple. And she gives it to you with just straight science. So check out at Labels Matter on Instagram. Fabulous resource. Thank you so much, Kimia, for coming on the podcast. On behalf of Dr. Dan, Sam, the Helix and Gene fa uh, family, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. This is Coach Matt Freed for the Helix and Gene Wellness Podcast, signing out. <laughs>